Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by a Broadway actress and singer. You've seen her in hair. Mamma Mia! Dogfight and Carrie. She's currently turned as Peggy Schuyler, Maria Reynolds, in the Broadway tour of Hamilton. We welcome Jen Sessi. Thank you very much. Well, happy to be here. <laughs> Jen, let's go beyond the mic. How does it feel to play in the most Tony Award nominated production, <laughs> Hamilton? It's got to blow your mind. It it absolutely does. It's honestly such a privilege and such a meaningful experience. I mean, I've, you know, I've been involved in musical theater for a very long time at this point. And honestly, to be just involved with a show where you, you say the title and people have this reaction where it's such a, it's such a staple in, you know, the zeitgeist and part of culture now. And like the recognition of the show is, is one aspect that is honestly very cool. Like it's just after doing something that is uh, being part of professions for so long that kind of exists was only in the people that appreciate it to do something that has like permeated the entire populace is, is like nothing else. So that's really cool, but also just the meaning of the show and like what it means to me and what it means to the public is another aspect of it that just makes it, I mean, it's, it's a once in a lifetime, truly. Compare and contrast your very first play growing up versus <laughs> Hamilton. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> Well, growing up, I mean, um, so I grew up, I split my formative years kind of all over the Midwest. But when I was really young in Lexington, Kentucky, there was a high school that the the head of the theater program there used to love to bring in like young local children to play the actual children in the show, which was this amazing. I mean, her name, Cindy Kewen, director, phenomenal uh, decision because it it was so cool in second grade to be performing at that point with high schoolers, right? Who felt like these, these big adults and yeah, exactly. To get to do that at such an early age is really how I started. So how it compares, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, at that point it's all about scale and what you know. And like, to me, that felt like a huge thing. Like I was surrounded by these high schoolers, like these older adults that like, you know, seemed to be, that were so talented. And I was amorous in the music, in the music man. And so like, you know, getting to sing duets with Mary or, you know, our Marion at the time. And like, it was, it was such a meaningful experience and it's what started me down this road. So, you know, there's every, I think everyone like has a moment when they, they got to perform for the first time at whatever point in life that was. And they realized that this was something special. This was something meaningful. This was something that, you know, you could identify in and find yourself and express yourself in a way that was unique. And so I think that those formative experiences are always extremely special as special as the ones that are then, you know, professional and set your career. Your first national tour was in hair. Mm -hmm. How did that tour production prepare you for today? Professionally, you know, hair was a different, I feel very fortunate that I've been involved with a few long runs and they've all been like really wonderful shows. You know, hair was a very different show in terms of how it was received by audiences. It, um, you know, it had, it was definitely a, a popular show at the time after the revival they did it on Broadway, but it did not have the same notoriety that, that Hamilton did. However, hair was like a really unique piece insofar as like, you know, the relationship with the audience and the messaging about that show was, I felt very lucky to have been in part of another show that also had like a very strong opinion on, on culture and was trying to like make a statement and trying to make an impression on audiences. And also, you know, <laughs> honestly, it was another show that was 
very athletic. We were all on stage at all times. So just in terms of like getting my chops up to be in a show like Hamilton, which is, you know, a hard show. It's a long show. We are all on stage almost the entire time. You know, learning what that that felt like was also just helpful and prepared me for that. But, you know, they were very... I feel fortunate that they were very different shows. And the performance, the way I got to engage in performing was very different. However, they were both very meaningful. And, like, I, you could put your heart into it and, like, felt like you were reaching somebody and saying something important every night, which was really great. Jen, why do you relate to Peggy? I mean... I love the juxtaposition of the two. I love getting to play two roles within the show. I relate to Peggy because it's great. Like the, our two other Skylar sisters are Eliza and our Angelica are the three of us are extremely close. Like we feel like sisters. So it's really fun to be on stage and get to, you know, just have that like very sisterly bond relationship to be giving each other a hard time and teasing each other throughout the show. And like, you know, that kind of dynamic, the fact that it feels so true on stage and off stage is really fun. And I kind of like being that little bit of a, like an instigator, a little bit of a, being a little bit of an instigator. And, you know, that's enjoyable. I like with Peggy that I get to be, you know, both interacting with my sisters, but then I have a lot more interaction with like the rest of the company throughout the first act, which I really enjoy. And then getting to kind of flip that switch into Mariah is what's really, I think, compelling about the the role in its, its entirety. Jen Sessi from Hamilton joins us beyond the mic for the Rocky and Eight. All this is, Jen, is eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Okay. Favorite of all the national parks you visited? Ooh, national parks. Oh, I love national parks. My first, first instinct is Zion National Park. Very cool. First instinct, because there are some amazing hikes there that are one of a kind. You're an avid outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. Why was hiking... The Grand Canyon, rim to rim, on your bucket list. <laughs> yes. Um, so when I when did I go to the Grand Canyon? When I went, I went and visited the Grand Canyon after performing at um, Pioneer Theater out in uh, in Utah, and we did a little road trip afterwards. And we had like gone to the Grand Canyon, and we only had like, a few hours there. And I remember we were hiking down from the North Rim, and I saw these people just like moving so quickly. And I was like, what are these people doing? And they were doing a rim to rim. I thought, I don't know. I just thought immediately, I'm not a marathon person. Like I just thought that's my version of a marathon. I want to just, I want to make it all the way down to the bottom and I want to go all the way up. And also, you know, just logistically booking dates to stay at the bottom of the Canyon book out a year in advance. My life has never allowed me to make plans a year in advance (laughs) because of the nature of what I do. So that seemed like the accessible way for me to be able to, to do that. So the pandemic for, you know, brought that opportunity and it was, it was incredible. What's another item on your bucket list? On my bucket list. There's a few other treks. Camino de Santiago. I want to do go back to Nepal is another item on my bucket list. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an avid, as you have found, I'm an avid trekker and like multi-day like outdoor enthusiast. So, but I'm very excited. We're going to Alaska with the show, and I'm going to get to take a vacation in Alaska and go out into the backcountry in Alaska, and that's also a bucket list item. So, I have one coming up. Do you remember the last time you went and watched a Michigan football game, and who was it against? Ooh. Last time I watched a Michigan football game, I believe it was against Notre Dame, and I think that would have been in. This was live and in person, but I haven't watched it on TV either. So I believe that would have been in 2011. It's 
been a long time. <laughs> You've been busy yes. out the road. Mm-hmm. Best concert or event you saw at Jones Beach? At Jones Beach? I think I've only seen one concert out at Jones Beach. That was, I saw 311 there. Uh, again, in like 2010. I, that's the only concert I think I've seen at Jones Beach. When you were in grade school, Jen, did you make or buy your lunch? Oh, made my lunch. Well, made my lunch and then I'd usually supplement with like the, they had like a little cafeteria that had like food that they brought in and I would uh, kind of supplement from that as well. So what magazine would you like to be on the cover of? Oh, on the cover of, um, I mean, it's not a magazine, but like a feature in the New York times would just be a dream. Very cool. Uh, so, or the, oh, the New Yorker, the, the, the thought that they put like people on the cover of their magazine, but <laughs> maybe an illustration. <laughs> Best place in the world you have visited that wasn't part of a Broadway tour. Wasn't part of a tour. Mm, Nepal. And thus the region you want, you want to go back. Yes, most definitely. I was fortunate enough after I booked, I'd wanted to go on a trip to Nepal and I decided to forego it in order to be around in New York specifically for um, a round of Hamilton auditions. And then I booked Hamilton. I was fortunate enough to book Hamilton so quickly that I hadn't missed hiking season in Nepal and had six weeks before I started. So I was able to last minute then go actually out to Nepal and hike before I started the show. So it's a special place for me for many reasons for that time in my life too. What's your favorite dress from when you were an operations associate at Little Borrowed Dress? Oh, (laughs) well, we made and produced bridesmaids dresses for rent. So There, I never actually wore any of our own dresses because I was never a bridesmaid at that time. So, you know, we were, it was a very specific, a specific uh, niche. But we did have this like one halter dress that I always thought was like the prettiest of them, but <laughs> it, weren't, it wasn't like a, a line of like commercially produced dress. So they were very specific. <laughs> if you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like. And subscribe on the Good Pods app. It is time for the back half with Jen Sessy from Hamilton Beyond the Mic. And Jen, I always ask this question of Broadway stars because it's one of those things of that joy of getting the gig. Mm-hmm. What was going through your mind when you got the call that said, hey, Jen, you got the job. You're in Hamilton. I mean, you know, I, actually, to be honest, I was on a, a, a date when I got the call. You were on a date? <laughs> I was on a date. I was on a Bumble date when I got the call. And to be honest, it was not going the best. It was a fine date, but it was not going the best. And I got the call and I thought, I don't want to be here for this like life altering news right now with, you know, basically a stranger. So, so it's kind of funny. It was kind of a funny story because I kind of excused myself from the date because it was, I was having all of these feelings and I was like, this person doesn't know me, like doesn't, doesn't know this business. They weren't involved in the business. I was like, they have no idea that my life just changed. Like my whole life just changed. And so then my first call was to my roommate at the time, who is a very close friend and she is involved in the business and known I'd been going through the process. And she was actually my first call uh, because I wanted to see if she was home so that I could go home and celebrate with her after leaving my date. And then I called my mom. (laughs) What was mom's first thoughts? Oh, I mean, she was, my mom has been, you know, my biggest supporter and she was just, she was just so thrilled for me. She was so thrilled for me because I had, I had actually left the New York aspect of the business for a while. And so to book this job, she knew was just such a dream. And yeah, 
I think she also knows, you know, with a big show like this, you imagine it's not just an exciting dream, but it, it represents security. It represents opportunity. You know, it's it's a big it's a big deal to be able to book a show. Jen, how is the support of your new husband? Congratulations. Newlywed. Oh, thank you. Help you on the road. I mean, he has his own issues with New York, New York. And then you have to go back together after you return and try to figure it all out. Yeah. You know, I'm very fortunate. So he was our music director out on tour. So, but we were friends first for most of my time out here. We actually did not move into anything romantic until I was slated to leave the company to go to, I left the Philip tour to go to the LA company. And so we we began our relationship like right before I left the the show um, or this company. And, you know, the, his support I've typically hadn't dated people involved in the business and to date someone in the business who gets the business, who gets what is required of the business has been just, it was revelatory. What it meant about being able to have be aligned with our expectations of what that meant. And also, you know, he's long distance is never fun as much as we would always love to be in the same place. He, he's been on the road before, so he gets what it means to jump on a plane for a 24, 48 hour trip, as do I. Also, because people know him here and he is someone that is so, has made such an impression on this company as its original music director. It's also nice because he knows my life out on tour every day. He knows exactly who I'm speaking with. It's like, it makes a difference to feel his presence, even in his absence in the building, which is really lovely. But yeah, it's, it's been helpful to, it's nice to be with someone in the business who is also not in the exact same position in the business to know that like, yeah, like the way to be in a position where, because of that, like there's no pressure, like as long as the the road and being with Hamilton in this position is the best thing for me, there's no expiration date on it. And as long as being away and being in New York is the best thing for him, there's no expiration. And that kind of freedom to design our relationship, however we want has been so unique to, to this relationship and has been really fantastic. And that's, I think the support we give each other. Three years ago, you were on tour. You spent your birthday in the hospital with an emergency surgery. Yes. How did the support of the castmates help you heal? I mean, one minute is I'm going to be gone today, maybe tomorrow. It was six. It was six weeks, which was so. At that time, I was covering all the sisters, right? So also to be out of like that position where like you're supposed to be the person that's there during that was really really nuts and difficult. But yeah, I had um I had a, a hernia, <laughs> and I when I was actually at the theater and I had felt it and then realized I needed to like, like get it attended to. I went to the emergency care the next morning. They were like, well, you know, if, if you want to get, we, we recommend that you get surgery, but if you don't, it, it'll take like three weeks to put you on the surgical rotation. And in the meantime, you shouldn't do the show or the person that would do that surgery is on call in the ER today. And we can get you scheduled in the next hour. What do you want to do? And I was like, the next hour. Yes. Quite literally. So I was texting my stage. I was texting my stage manager and company management or PT like, Hey, I, I need to get this checked out. They think I have a hernia. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to be out to, for the matinee at least. Okay. I'm going to be out for the show. Okay. I'm going into surgery in an hour. <laughs> I'm like, it, so, I mean, our, our physical therapist came and like, sat with me in recovery. I was there overnight on my birthday because they had done the show, the, the procedure so late that they didn't want to discharge me. And so then my, like a few of my castmates showed up and surprised me. And like, 
I was starving and they brought me food and it was, it was really lovely. And then throughout that six weeks, I actually stayed with the show and traveled with the show. I just wasn't performing. Um, I was healing. And so it was, um, it was great. Like I, I, I felt like it was telling to me that while healing from something like that, I felt the best place to heal was still with my cast and with my family on the road. They were helping me move my luggage. We had to move cities and things like that. But I thought that was really telling that like, that's where I wanted to be even to like go through a healing process. So yeah. Did your recovery drive you crazy? Yes. I mean, it, felt, it drove me kind of crazy because after about a week, I didn't feel anything. Like it felt, it felt like it healed very quickly, but I was not allowed to lift more than 10 pounds for six weeks. And so, yes, that was, I'm a very active person. I don't like to have to, you know, be reliant on, I also, I, I drive the tour, so I actually have a lot of luggage. So to ask for help to like pack it up and unpack it was humbling. Um, but yeah, but at the same time, you know, the recovery was very smooth. It was just, I had just had to wait, which was which was difficult. I never had anything kind of like that that took that long to heal. (laughs) Jan, on social media, you talk about the power of your father, mother, and your heritage. How has the support of your parents and your heritage helped you? You know, I I think familial support in this kind of industry is uh, never something to be taken for granted. You know, there's a lot of resistance in this industry just by whoever you are in it, you know, and then you add layers of intersectionality of, you know, and being someone who's mixed race, and you, you know, just create more and, and more layers of, of, of resistance. There's a ceiling on your head about like what kind of things you can do. And so, yeah, I mean, like having people in your life, whether it's your family or your friends or whoever, to support you and understand who you are as a person beyond your identity and how you physically represent in the world is, is always extremely important and gives you, gives you, helps you anchor your sense of self in a, in a business that, only looks at like one very narrow aspect of who you are. Um, And then, you know, with that also just because of that, this show is just so meaningful to me. Like I'll never forget when my dad came to see it, who has always supported me through the business, but is by no means a musical theater aficionado. And the impression it made on him, you know, I, I, I've always kind of felt that in particular Asian Americans are left out of any aspect of American history. There's like an erasure of the fact that we've even existed here and are a part of history. So it's, to me, it's the specific reclamation of having a face in a historical show, you know, um, musical theater is an Americana art form. And like you base so many things in history or any shows. And then like all of a sudden the fact that there's, that we have ever been erased from that history. There's a double erasure because then we don't fit in, in so many shows. It's like, you know, um, so this, so this show in particular, where I can just be myself and is, is everything where I, I don't, I'm not defined by my identity, but I also get to, I get to engage with who I am in a way that's meaningful because I, you know, I never, I never looked on stage and saw people that looked like me growing up. I, I never, you know, I, it's still extremely difficult to find it just now in the past three years that you can find really anything even on TV that has a predominantly Asian cast. I mean, it's like, it's, it's extremely rare and it's something that, you know, my community struggles with, with visibility to this day. And so any little piece that I can have with that just makes this experience extremely meaningful. So do you feel pride to represent your community? Absolutely. 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 Because it, you know, entertainment shapes culture. 
entertainment tape, it shapes expectations. And I had left the business in New York specifically because I was tired of feeling like I could not be who I was. And it was, I, I saw this show and thought, Oh, that show I can, that show wants me. I want that show that I can be whoever I am in that show. And so I feel a lot of pride because I know this show changed my life and this show helped change the expectation for representation in so many forms of media that it's, I, I feel extremely proud. Let's talk about touring. You spend about two weeks in each city with Hamilton. What's the one thing you try to find in each city? Ooh, um, well, it used to be when we had, it used to be depending on where we were, like some kind of national park, some kind of hike right now in the heat in Texas, that's been a little difficult in where we are. Um, so now it's typically finding like a, a really good local coffee shop somewhere that feels like I'm the only person there that's an out of towner that I can like sit and like read and kind of collect my thoughts for the day. Someplace that's just feels, yeah, like I'm a part of the normal life of that of that area. Finish this sentence. Tour life makes it hard to do what? It makes it hard to renew your driver's license, to renew your car registration, to pay a toll. It makes it hard to go to the doctor. It's the, it's the, um, there's a lot of emotional things that are difficult about tour in terms of seeing your friends and your family, but it's always the logistical thing, the logistical life things that come up that you're like, no, I don't have a, I don't have a primary care doctor. No. Oh, and now I need a referral and go to three doctors because I'm not part of this medical system here. It's, it's those things that, that are very difficult at times. <laughs> so Jen, what's your dream role? I mean, Peggy and getting to do a principal in, in this show, this show is a, a dream show. And like, I've been in a few dispositions in this show. So um, I like just being able to, I take a lot of pride in the trajectory here at the show where I've, I've been a company member for a long time. I've done a good job. And then that's led to, you know, promotions within the company. Um, dream job at this point would honestly be originating something that does, is, yet, is yet to exist. I think that because it's so important to, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really aware of the importance now of, of new stories and new narratives being written by people of color, by Asian Americans that, you know, and that's the kind of piece that those are the kind of pieces I want to be involved in in the future that I kind of dream about. Now, which song isn't one that you sing from Hamilton that's your favorite? Probably uh, Who Lives, Who Dies. Who t- I just love that song. It's beautiful. <laughs> How has this musical, this opportunity changed you? It has, you know, I've... I have a lot of other interests. I, I have always been interested, honestly, in, in things outside of the business. Um, but it has changed me in terms of realizing the value and the impact of entertainment specifically as a part of the cultural narrative and like the power of that. And it's really, it's really humbled me to the meaning of being an actor and being a performer because it's not always like the first thing I identify myself as and understanding its power has been, um, yeah, very transformative in that way. I approach, I approach the, I approach the craft differently now because of that. It's time for one big question with Jen Sessy from Hamilton beyond the mic. Jen, you have hopes and dreams from when you were a child with incredible bangs. I might say, <laughs> how has your dreams changed 
and what do you want for your family's future? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, you know, it's something that I say many times in conversations that I do not think um, that as a performer trying to have a long-term career that we prepare people for and talk about um, as part of what it means to have a career in the business is that, you know, when you're younger, it's like, I want to tick this off and this off and this off and this off. And like, I want to do like show to show to show. And as you're older, not for everybody, but for myself, I found my priorities have shifted to, you know, I want stability. I want, I, that feels so, it, I feel so fortunate for some stability in this business. I feel so fortunate to be able to, to plan for my retirement, to, you know, make those kinds of decisions that have an effect, not just on like one year of my life, but like 10 or 15 years down the road. And so I would say that's honestly where I think that is part of getting older and getting older in this business is those are the priorities that kind of shift. Am I looking for a career and like job to job to job and networking and like all of those things, or am I looking for, you know, the, the fortune of like being in a show that's very stable, especially after COVID and all of these things and getting to, um, and, and that's like kind of how the priorities and the dream shift. It hasn't coalesced to be, uh, to be completely defined. But I do think the journey of like watching those things change as you get older, like wanting to focus on being near people you love all the time, maybe not on the road, or maybe, you know, wanting some people wanting to be off the road so that they can pursue more of the career aspect in New York. I think those things are, they're personal to everybody, but I do think there is a lack of discussion when you're older of how, of when you're younger about how those things will shift and listening to yourself and knowing that like your own journey through this business is going to be unique and not like anybody else's. And so, yeah, my, my right now, like my term, my goals and dreams are towards, you know, creating, being able to perform for as long as possible while pursuing goals of, of being able to have a stable, stable life, you know, whatever that means to me. But that's where my head's at a little more um, at the moment. But, you know, I think that just comes, that comes a little bit with, with age. <laughs> Maybe not, not for everybody, but for myself, it has. That's how it shifted. Jen, where can people find you online? I have a, a website. That's just my name at .com. I'm also on Instagram, but to be honest, I'm not super active on Instagram. So if you send me a message through Instagram, Maybe I'll check it when I log in, like in like three or four weeks. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I've been kind of, I was many people do. And I think we all go through phases like evaluating social media's place in my life. And it's trying to be more conscious about, about when I'm on it. So you can find me, it's Jen J S E S E is my Instagram handle, but you know, very, very infrequently on there or posting. <laughs> She was on a horrible Bumble date when she got the job, loves hiking Zion National Park, made her lunch growing up, and wants to revisit Nepal. Jen says he wants you to see Hamilton when it comes to a city near you. Jen, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh my gosh, what, what fun questions. This was a, a really fun interview. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.